So I think this week's Torah portion reading was very appropriate for kind of what's been going on in the world and in our lives. It's also one that if you're a leader, you can learn a lot from when things get tough. And when you're a follower, you can also remember what that leader is going through. I want to open up in Leviticus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers chapter 11, verse, starting in verse 10. Numbers chapter 11, verse 10. I know you are. I'm just repeating so people can. And this is, of course, Moses going on, and things are, of course, happening in the the wilderness. It says, Moses heard the people wailing by their families, each man at the door of his tent. Adonai's anger became very hot, and Moses was troubled. So Moses asked Adonai, why have you brought trouble on your servant? Have I not found favor in your eyes that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Remember, as a leader, not only are you having to take care of your own family and your own situations, but literally on everyone else. You can imagine what's been going on with mayors and governors and even our president. The decisions that have to be made sometimes are tough. We've seen some decisions that were very good, others not so good. We've been fortunate here in Atlanta that our governor and our mayor, even though from different parties, worked together and resolved the issues peacefully. But then we look at situations like in Seattle, where, they've, where people have kicked the police out and have taken over areas. And chaos is in the world. I pray for those leaders. Because there's a great burden upon them. You can imagine them crying out to God in the same way. It goes on to say, Did I conceive all these people? Or did I give birth to them? You know, you really sometimes have to ask, you know, we love you all, but sometimes you all drive us a little bit sugar enough. Just got to admit it, right? Do we we deserve this? That you shall say to me, carry them in your bosom just as the nurse carries an infant to the land you promised to to their fathers? You know, we had to deal with a lot of situations going on. Think about your boss and all that's going on. Think about all the uh, business owners that you know right now. You know, it's hard to let go people when they work for you. They become like family. But yet, sometimes it's just too hard to continue. You know, we've been blessed here in the congregation and the work that I do. We've been able to go continuously. But there were struggles and obstacles in the way, and decisions had to be made. Some of those aren't easy. And that weight falls upon those leaders. He goes on to say, where can I get meat for all these people? Remember, they were crying out. 
We want meat. We want, you know, we want the things that we had in Egypt. For they wailed to me saying, give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all these people by myself. The load is too heavy for me. This is something that leaders go through all the time. This is why pastors and rabbis burn out. They take all the burden, all the trouble of their congregants, and they put it on their shoulders. Could you imagine it? Our Messiah took us all on. Can you imagine the burden that is on him? But yet he was able to look at his father, let your will, not my will, be done. That is something we have to remember. We have to understand that God is giving us a calling. And it's not an easy one. But that he himself has gone through it. He says, I am not able to carry all these people by myself. The load is too heavy for me. If this is how you are treating me, kill me now. If I have found favor in your eyes, kill me, please. Don't let me see my own misery. Think about how people give up. Do we deserve the troubles that we're given? The answer sometimes is no, especially when you're as a leader. But think about this from the point of view as those who are looking towards the leaders. Are you causing undue pressure on them? Yeah, I remember a, a story my old rabbi said. I always wondered, this is when cell phones were still kind of new, and it was, very, it was almost impossible to get his phone number. He didn't just give it out. As a matter of fact, his home phone number was unlisted. And as being an up-and-coming rabbi, I, I, I took notes of this. And one day in a sermon, he explained why that was. He said one day he was sound asleep. Two o'clock in the morning, his phone rang. How many of y'all have gotten that phone call in the middle of the night? First of all, it startles as you wake up, and then the worst things go through your mind, right? Who has passed away? Who has died? Who's been in a car accident? Who's being rushed to the hospital? He answered the phone. The person goes, Rabbi, Rabbi, I got an issue. You know, now your adrenaline is rushing. And he's, what is it? What is it? My pilot light on my gas furnace went off. I don't know how to redo it. He did something that I don't know if I could do. He went, click. The burden that goes on to us is great. Think about what that person, have you been praying for your boss while the situation's going on? Have you been praying for the owners of the companies? Because these things are tough. Moses had it all on him. But we also have a wise God and he gave a great solution. And verse 16 is key. 
says, Adonai said to Moses, Bring me seventy of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and their leaders. Take them to the tent of meetings so they may stand with you there. Then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the rook, some of the spirit that is on you, and will place it on them. They will carry with you the burden of the people so that you will not carry it alone. See, that's why God gives us deacons and elders, those leaders who can help lift up the arms and encourage the leaders of the congregations. God gives us those strengths. We can't handle it all ourselves. We must spread it out. We're blessed in this congregation to have great leaders that God has given us. We didn't choose them. God did. God has brought them here. <coughs> it goes on to say, now say to the people, sanctify yourself tomorrow, for because you, will, because you will eat meat. For you wailed in Adonai's ears, saying, if we could only eat, it was better for us in Egypt. Now Adonai will give you meat, and you will eat. You will eat not for one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days but for an entire month until it is coming out of your nostrils and, bec and becomes loathsome to you. For you rejected Adonai who is among you and you wailed to his face saying, why, do we, why did we ever leave Egypt? Remember, God had a plan. God was bringing us to a better place. So many times we get settled in that comfort zone. That area where things were just okay was easier back then. Isn't this, the, the grass always greener on the other side? Why are we having to go through these trials and tribulations? Why can't we just go back to the normal, the easy? Don't have to get out of our box. Don't have to change things. We, even though we were persecuted and slaves, in that land, at least we didn't have worries. We didn't know where, you know, we knew where our next meal was. But here we're in the wilderness. And yes, God is providing, but we miss those things that we had. It's different. And that's what makes the major change. And God is in control, and that's the key thing to remember. But Moses was still responsible. He was concerned. Moses said, 600,000 foot soldiers, the people I am in the middle of, yet you say I'm going to give them meat to eat for an entire month? Here's the next part of that. 
when we hear the things that we can't understand, that go beyond our comprehension, we forget that our God can do move mountains. We forget that our God can change things at a moment's notice. He can split the Red Sea and turn the land dry so that we may walk over safely. He can send plagues down upon the land of Egypt so that we can be set free. He can put a fire uh, before us to the, and to lead us. Why do we put limitations on what God can and cannot do? We need to stand firm on his word and what he sees. Listen to God's response to them. Well, here's the rest of what he said. If flocks and herds were slaughtered, would they have enough? Or if all the fish in the sea were caught, could they have enough? Remember, Moses was looking at up to 2 million people. He was just saying 600,000 foot soldiers. That's not all the women and children and the elderly. And he's hearing God say, I'm going to give you enough meat for a month. And they were in the wilderness. Nothing was around. How could this be? Adonai said to Moses, I love this response. We need to remember this when we claim that, when we can't think that God can do something. Listen, to, I, 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 our God has a sense of humor. <laughs> I could see Moses. Remember, Moses spoke with God face to face, mouth to mouth. And I could see God just shaking his head, stroking his long beard, saying to Moses, is my arms too short? You know, we joke around. Have you ever gone to a, to a, a, you know, go out with friends and when the check comes, there's always that one guy that just can't reach the bill. It's, it's his arms are just too short. He can't go and so, you know, you grab it for it, right? How many times have you gone, grabbed that check and handed it to him? There you go. Don't worry. I can see you're struggling. But what God's saying, are my, in other words, can I not do what I say I can do? Why do we doubt God? He's there to comfort us and to help us and to teach us. Remember, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And those are things we need to stand on. And when we see that, we see that God's arms aren't too short. But in fact, they're so long that they can reach beyond our understanding. He goes, now you will see whether my word will come true or not, for you or not. I know the rest of the story. It's an interesting ending. If you haven't read it, you should. So Moses went out and told the people Adonai's word. He gathered 70 of his elders of the people and had them stand around the tent. Can you tell I got excited about this verse? 
Adonai descended in the cloud and spoke with him. He took some of the rook, some of the spirit that was in on Moses and placed it on each of the seventy elders. Remember, that was that spirit that what taught them and guided them. That same spirit now doesn't just fall upon us and leave. Now, as believers in Messiah, the Rukh HaKodesh is inside of us. This is where it lives now. And it's there to guide us and to teach us. And that's why God took the word that was on stone and put it on our hearts. And put it in where the Holy Spirit is to guide us. So it says, a place on each of the 70 elders. It so happened that when the Spirit uh, first rested on them, they prophesied, but never again. Interesting. That was verse, go back to that verse again. That was verse 25. Think about that. They prophesied, at that time but they weren't able to continue it but guess what we now see it in us because it sits in us daily you know I have people come to the congregation and sometimes they're visitors and they'll say that they're a prophet or a prophetess and I remember meeting one outside and as they're telling me that I looked around and I I picked up a rock and I started tossing. That was a bad toss. Rocks are easier. I started tossing it up and down in my hand. And as I started talking, and I asked him a question, I said, as a prophet, have you ever been wrong? And they stopped and thought for a minute. I said, because you know, as a rabbi, I'm not always perfect. But as a prophet, if you're wrong, even once, I've got to stone you to death. So you've got to be careful when you start calling yourself a, a prophet. There's a difference between gift of prophecy and being a prophet. And that's what we see here. They had the gift of prophecy for a short time. So be careful what you hear and say. People are out there saying things on the Internet, claiming stuff. Guess what? We might need some big stones to throw at them. So be careful what you're reading and what you're thinking. Verse 26. It says, Two men, however, had remained in the camp. Their name was Elad, and the name of the other was Medab. The Spirit rested on them. They were among those listed, but they had not gone out to the tent. So they prophesied in the camp. So what does this mean? This means they were on the list of being one of the, the 70 elders, but for some reason they weren't there, right? But what was happening? They were prophesying inside the camp, right? See what happens next. A young man ran to told Moses and said, Elad and me, 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 Dad, are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, said, said his youth 
cried out and said, let me read that again. Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, since his youth, cried out and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. See, we immediately think that when something unusual is going on, it's not of the Lord. But here's that wisdom that comes in of being that leader. But Moses said to him, are you jealous on my behalf? If only Adonai would make all the people prophesy. If only Adonai would put his spirit on all of them. Verse 30. Then Moses said, and the elders of the camp returned. In other words, what was Moses saying there? Wouldn't it be great if God put his spirit on all mankind? He saw a glimpse of what was to come through our Messiah. Where the spirit rests in all of us. Not for a moment, but for eternity. And that's what we have in us. When that will guide us and let us know. Something interesting, though, is about to happen. See, here's what happens when we start going against God's will. It says, Now a wind went out from Adonai and, dove and drove quails from the sea. He brought them into the camp to about a day's journey in any direction. Could you imagine this? You look and everywhere you see are quails. For a, for a day's walk, that's a lot of quails. Could God, what is God showing them? Look, you think this is impossible for me? Watch. You can imagine, could you imagine trying to walk around with all these birds around? Could you imagine the noise they're making? Right? And you could see this from all around. He brought them in about a day's journey, right? And, and about two cubics above the ground all around the camp. Two cubics. That is a ton of birds. What was God showing the people? If you want to eat meat, I can give you meat. But is that what God really wanted? Did God want them to remember to be like the past or to look towards the future? See, if we keep thinking, you know, everyone likes, you know, everyone has memories of the past, right? But if you stay in the past, you don't go into the future. You don't see what the greater things that are there for you. Remember, when they were in Egypt, they were enslaved and had to do with hardship. And God's getting ready to bring us into the promised land. If you've ever been to Israel, you know that is a special place. It's a better place than where they were. So sometimes you have to give up those old things and try some new things. Says the people went out all that night and all the following day and collected quail. No one gathered less than ten omers. They spread them out all around the camp. 
33. Yet while the meat was between their teeth, before it was swallowed, listen to this, Adonai anger burned against the people, so Adonai struck the people with what? A severe plague. See, when you go against God's will so much, He can show you what you had, but He wants you to focus on your future. Severe plague took place. Goes on to verse 34. Sorry, 34. Therefore, the, oh, yeah, that's, that's really it. So it was just talking about the name of the place. Done? Yeah, I'm done. Thank you. So what took place here? A severe plague. Gee, what's going on in our world? Can we learn from this? Are we looking at our past? If you think about see what's happening, a lot of us are. Or do we look towards our future? where people can be together, where it doesn't matter what tribe or nation or nationality you come from. We are all equal in God's eyes. That has never changed. God does not see one type person greater than the other. Even us who are Jews who were, quote, the first chosen, guess what? You as Gentiles are grafted in and are equal co-heirs. There is no difference. We can live together. We can worship God together. We can do everything together because in God's eye, there is no male or female, no, no free or slave. We are all one in Messiah. Don't look towards your past. Look towards your future. Stop trying to get what you had, what the comforts of the little things in the past, and look at what God can give you in the future. That's the promise that he's giving us now. And let's pray for, Scripture tells us specifically, pray for your leaders. We need to pray for our, our bosses, those above us, the owners of the companies. We need to pray for the police officers, the firemen, those who work who are good people. You know, there's bad apples. There's a bad apple in every crop. We got to pick those out. But let, let's not lump all the good in with that little bad. We can weed the bad out. But we can focus on what God has for us. Because he's taking us to the promised land. And he's bringing us to a place filled with milk and honey. Our heart's desire will be filled. So stop worrying about the meat that you ate in the past and start looking towards your future because your future is bright in the Lord. Your future is where we're going towards. We need to learn from the past but we need to improve on it. And I believe God is calling us now as the body of believers to come together. You know, the most segregated place on earth are, are, are churches and synagogues. 
And that's not what God wants. When you come to our service, that's not what you see. You see every tribe, tongue, nation welcomed, feeling as part of the family, because we are all one big family here. There is no less, there is no more. We are all equal. That's what God wants. We don't have issues. We don't have problems with people in leadership. It's not all one time. It is amazing what God, and just so you know, Judy and I didn't pick the leaders. We pray to God and ask him, who do you want in place? I once remember a person coming to me and saying, you don't have enough of X people on your board. And I kind of laughed. I said, well, I don't pick them, God does. But when you looked at our board, every we were so diverse, but it wasn't what that person wanted. But we are diverse. And you know what? We listen. We hear the problems. But you know what? We also come up with solutions. And that's what God wants us to do. And that's one of the reasons why we believe now is a time that we need to come back as a congregation. Because our people are hurting. And they need to know that there's love here. And that they can come and be with brothers and sisters from all over the world. I can't wait till we start doing own eggs again and we get some of the islanders to cook those fun meals. It's a special time. Judy's crying out to Donald, reminding him. But that's what's so important. <laughs> that's, hey, I'm trying to speak here. Can I have a time? <laughs> But that's what's so important about this. We are family. We can sit here and, and joke around and have fun because the love is so deep. And that's what this scripture's about. I encourage you to pray for Judy and I and Rabbi Renee and Anna as we lead this body. Because you know what? Sometimes the pressure's hard. And pray for our deacons and elders. We couldn't do it without them. We look towards our leaders for guidance and wisdom, just like the scripture tells us to do. Let us get rid of this plague that is among us now and turn back to God, because that's truly what he's asking. Let's not worry about the past, but let's focus on how we can change the future. You know, we can't change what happened in the past, but we certainly can change the future. And that's where change happens. I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. That change has to start in your heart. It has to start with the Spirit in there. And the way that is is by accepting Yeshua as your Messiah. The one who bore the sins of all of us. And looked up to his heavenly father and said, let your will, not my will be done. He took on our burdens. He took on our sins so that we can now be in the presence of a God. So we can now have the spirit inside of us. 
If you've never accepted Yeshua as your Messiah, you see the information on your screen right now. You can contact us, and wherever you are around the world, we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it right now as well. Because if God is moving on your heart, all you need to do is say these simple words. It's a free gift. And watch how he'll change your life. So just repeat after me. Abba, Father, I have sinned against you. I ask your spirit to come in me. Lord, I believe Yeshua is the Messiah who has taken my sins away. Lord, thank you for your son who died and rose again. And he's sitting at your right hand interceding for me. And because he lives today, I can live. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name. Scripture says that the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now on the decision you just made. But the Scripture also tells us that Yeshua said, if you cannot profess me before man on earth, how can I profess you before God in heaven? So all you need to do is contact us and let us know you said that prayer. Again, we'll pray with you and pray for that Holy Spirit inside of you. But don't be afraid of the decision you just made. Because it doesn't focus on your past. It's focusing on your future. And I want to pray for those right now who are believers. Abba Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, our nation, our world is hurting. Lord, we need to come back to you. We need to refocus our life. We need to refocus what matters in our lives. Lord, we ask that you purge this world of those that are filled with hatred. And Lord, let us be able to come and stand together side by side. Equal co-heirs. Lord, let us come and worship you together. We ask this in your son's name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So again, I want to remind you, next week, if you feel led, the doors will be open. We want you to come again. Uh, if you're um, feeling ill, please stay at home. If you want to wear a mask, you may. We're going to try to do social distancing the best we can. We are going to do a special event, though. We're going to, so we're asking you if you're going to be here to get here a little early at 11 o'clock, because what we're going to uh, before 11, because we want to first uh, take your temperature and then. We're going to come and do a special prayer um, that is a prayer that you're supposed to say when you come into the congregation. And since we're coming back, we, we, we're doing this at the Mato Vu. So we're going to say it downstairs, and then we're going to enter through the front uh, steps and into the sanctuary. So it's going to be a very special welcoming back.
Uh, we want you to be a part of it, but you do need to be here early because we do need to um, meet outside in front. Lord willing, it will not be raining. And we're going to then re-enter into the sanctuary to kind of rededicate this place to God. And uh, so we want you to join us. So please be here before, around 11 o'clock so we'll be able to do that. And we'll be able to be a part of it. Again, if, you're, uh, if you want, you can definitely wear a mask. We will not have Oneg after the service, and there will be no 10 a.m. teaching this coming up week, uh, but the service will be done. We are trying to figure out with dancing how to do that. We might ask if you are dancing to at least wear a mask since you'll be closer together, um, but we're trying to figure that out, so please kind of be prepared. And any other announcements? Judy? Please check Realm and emails for all the details. We're going to, uh, again, and text and tell you what's going on. But we're ready for you to come back. If you're not ready yet, that's okay. We understand. Please stay at home. Watch online. You're still part of the family, and you can be a part of this uh, great service. And then when you're ready to come back, you'll be back. I will tell you. You're going to see some changes around here, and it's going to. Some of it's going to blow you away. I think we've we've used this time uh, wisely, and I, and I hope you enjoy what we've done. Some of it's for safety concerns to help with with that for the future, but others just to say it's kind of neat to see what we've done. So uh, join us next week here in service and online and i'm going to turn the service back over to arletha and she can bring us home <laughs>